The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Ah! And by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided, unloved, they call them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth and they'd mug the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound. Shout a cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower because they possess turtle power. Cowabunga! Excellent! That's pretty cool! What? Yeah, it's real good. It's real positive. Stop, stop. No, no, no. Good, Scott, do it again. Bodacious! Awesome! Wow! Oh, fuck. No, Phil. All right. You know what? I've had enough of this exercise. Okay. Okay. We're back again with the Trilogy Podcast. I am Vin. And I'm Scott. And we are the only podcast in the universe devoted strictly to trilogies. No reboots, no straight to cable. We're bringing you facts, debate, trivia, and more to hell with the movie if they made four. Yeah. Got that now, Scott? That's right. We're done with our little sketch in the beginning? Yes, we're done with that. Phil embarrassing us early on? Yes. It's embarrassing as it is that we're even doing this trilogy as far as I'm concerned. Oh, come on I'm sorry. It's your birthday. Come on now. It's my birthday month. All right. Why don't you tell everyone the trilogy we're doing? Uh, Well, you know, it's a classic from my childhood. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy. Yay for that. And Phil is joining us today. Say hello, Phil. Hello, trilogy friends. All right. Anything, of course, that is related to comic books, nerdiness, dorkitude, we bring Phil in for that episode. So you want to hear it right from the nerd's mouth. Growing up, this was a big one for you yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, this was a uh, big time nostalgia. I mean, we've had a lot lately for me. With uh, we just did Free Willy right. as well. Same so. time period, that early '90s time period, right in that right sweet right. spot for these movies. You yeah, know? Turtles was huge for me. Did you got me through some tough times. <laughs> really <laughs> did. Yeah. Don't start crying so quickly, fellas. <laughs> so early in the podcast. <laughs> no, we agreed to do this because it's your birthday coming up, right, Scott? Yes. So yes. it's uh, something important to you, and coincides with the 30th anniversary of the original. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Yes. I believe it came out in January in 1990. All right. So it seemed to be the perfect time to bring this bad boy back. Yeah. Celebrate it. So we're going to jump right into uh, the kind of trilogy this is. Oh, good. I've been wondering. All right. Well, no, this isn't so cut and dried. No? I wouldn't say so. Trilogy Bot is a robot that tells us the kind of trilogy we are doing. Phil hates him. Scott has animosity. Like, I, I watched Star Trek, and the episode The Measure of a Man in which they fight for Data's life, like, it is so heartfelt, and I cry when I watch that, but I think okay. of the Trilogy Bot, okay. and I just, he's nothing! Always, too much, too much. Trilogy Bot is going to tell us what kind of trilogy this is, starting now. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a gang's all here trilogy, where we watch the continued adventures of a group comprised of familiar protagonists or cast members. Oh, wonderful. Phil. I knew I smelled cheap cologne mixed with the stench of failure. Trilogy Bot has heard that you're doing this episode with us, Phil, and responded accordingly. He can suck. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is indeed a gang's all here trilogy. But I think one could just as easily call it a Something for the Kids trilogy. It's definitely a series of kids' movies, though the first one admittedly is a bit darker than the second and third. Yeah, I've, I've noticed some of our trilogies really do ride that line. It's yeah. their borderline trilogy. But we kind of have but... to go with The Gang's All Here because this is about a, 
a, a gang of ninjas, basically. Sure. You throw in Splinter, you throw in April O'Neil. We got a whole cast of characters that... We'll we, sprinkle a Casey Jones. We want to see what these guys are up to every couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I don't. We meaning <laughs> other people. The audience that enjoy this. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but this is a gang, and we will treat them accordingly. The way I might treat, say... <laughs> Prosecute to the fullest extent. <laughs> would I treat them the way I might treat, say, the Crips or the Bloods on the street? No. But I definitely would treat them the way I'd treat the Guardian Angels on the street. With, With that derision? kind of derision and disdain. Real <laughs> yeah, yeah. contempt. How dare you? So that being said, Scott, are you ready to rock into our plot? Yeah. All right. I am. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say. I am too. I can't <laughs> wait to find out what I wrote down. That, okay. Uh, well, it doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. Well, don't worry, because I'm going to take care of you. My name's Scott. Good. They're plots. So uh, we like to call this Scott's Plus, 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 yeah. Enjoy the plot. Ew. So these are the plots. What I like to do is give you a, just a bare bones idea of what happened in the movie. This is for people who don't feel like rewatching the movies, who have seen them. And if you've never seen them and don't care and just want to hear us uh, kind of shit talk them, then uh, we got you covered there, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to start it off with, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 1990. In New York City. A new martial arts gang is responsible for a rise in crime, and an ambitious reporter is close to the truth when she is attacked by members of the gang. A surly anthropomorphic turtle appears and rescues the reporter, bringing her to the sewer where he lives with his turtle brothers and rat sensei. Stop right there. It really seems through much of the beginning of this that the turtles are undercover. No one should see them. You've got to stay undercover. Yeah. They make no effort to stay hidden in any real way. <laughs> Raphael walks around in a, in a trench coat as if that will hide his turtle, also turtle an body. Also, amazing... Yeah. I, I love that rendition of Raphael as in nostalgia. There's a $120 a cool action figure of him, and I, every time I have enough money, I think about that, and then I just buy a jacket instead. Right, right to the in, action. Yeah. Did you see I buy a jacket instead? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's because I need to be warm. Isn't the trench coat a bit of a nod to the cartoon in a way? Because when they would go out in the cartoon, they all wore trench coats and hats, but they had those fat white Creepy. guy masks they would pull on. So they would just like they would look like four identical chubby white guys. Right. Yeah. Like they look like Curly from the Three Stooges, all mm, four of okay. them. Okay. So it's, it's what Johnson. I look like when I shave my head and get rid of my beard. <laughs> the foot, they're wearing full costumes. So they're not really blending in. Yeah. It's Bright like, colored bandanas. It's like they're hiring stuff. local ruffians to steal things for them. But as soon as they open the van, they're they're dressed like Buzz off from He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's the Foot Clan's desire to rule through fear and intimidation, whereas the turtles, are, you know, they're having fun, but they don't want people to be like, those are giant turtles, because it takes, they understand it takes a while to accept it. It's not much of a criminal organization. They're stealing grandma's old TV from the terrace, and then later on, all the goods are just back at the warehouse. The guy's like, oh, check the warehouse. That You'll Man, get all your answers there. It was well, a criminal academy. Where's the profit? The surly turtle rescues the reporter and brings her to the sewer, where he lives with his turtle brothers and rat sensei, who were normal animals mutated by toxic waste. The turtles bring the reporter home, and while out, rat sensei is kidnapped, and the turtles stay at the reporter's place. Oh, they just roll right in. They just met her. Yeah. They just met her. Yeah. And they're like, oh, because Raphael saved you. We're just going to fuck up your world. They hung for, out for like an hour and a half at her apartment and then, for, for, you know. For, for three movies. We're they're, staying. They're, they're in her business. Yeah. She's like, it was cute at first, but ultimately, there's a weird 
species crossover. Yeah, like, are they going to bang? Can they bang? Is that a thing? She's got a relationship with Raphael later on with Michelangelo in another movie. Who does yeah. she love? What? Casey Jones, what? Yeah. Uh, a turtle in the, in the corner watching her and Casey. He's smacking <laughs> his shell while he watches the two of them. Yeah. Smacking his shell. <laughs> That's Good right, Lord. Phil. He's smacking yeah. his shell. While... Slapping his shell around. That's while Casey. You know and... what I mean. I don't want to know what you mean. Go ahead. <laughs> the reporter's boss shows up at the apartment with his delinquent son, who is a member of the ninja gang. The son sees the turtles and reports back to the masked gang leader. The ninja gang... <laughs> I just want to stop. I just want to mention that her boss and his son are two of the biggest pussies the world has ever seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. The kid is like, I want to be bad, but wait, there's a, a living rat here that can talk. I, yeah. I'm going to talk to him. Now I'm turned. Now I'm turned. And then, but and the father constantly is like, Danny, what are you doing? Danny, where have you been? Danny! <laughs> he just puts his headphones on when he wants to ignore Even me. Even when he fires like, April later, he's like, April, I just, I got to fire you. I'm oh, so sorry. So sorry. Well, that's the whole thing. That's how the Foot Clan gets you. They look for the orphans, the, the urchins that can, they can do their bidding. The ninja gang attacks the reporter's apartment and sets it on fire. But with the help of an ex-hockey player, the turtles and the reporter escape, retreating to the reporter's family farmhouse. And ultimately, the whole movie could be this fight scene. I think it defines the whole movie. Oh, yeah. It encapsulates the movie. And when you think back on this movie, if you've only seen it once or twice, I think you remember this gigantic fight scene. Yeah. Maybe you're remembering the, the, the summer home. It's kind of just a lull all of a it's sudden, a, it's you a know? It's a big tone change in a the A lot film. of character stuff happening. You're like, oh, I don't care really about the relationships. That's why it's just... not strictly a kid's movie, this first one. It definitely has some layers It's to closer it. to the comic than the cartoon. Exactly. It tried to kind of do both. The turtles train for a while and then contact Rat Sensei with telepathy and a campfire and then head home. The turtles are crying. Splinter! <laughs> Can you say the, the scene of them sitting around the campfire holding hands and contacting him through fire, like black magic, like yeah. flaming? I, mean, I don't remember that scene at <laughs> all. I'm like watching it going, I remember uh, everything else oh, that happens in this movie. What the fuck is oh, going no, I on? I remember it. I remember this. Why I don't the turtles it. ever use this telepathy that's again at any other point for any other That's use. some straight up, fuck, that's some Star Wars shit you saw yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's kind of why I liked it. Meanwhile... The delinquent son befriends Rat Sensei, who tells the son that the gang leader killed his master. The son decides to free Rat Sensei, and the turtles arrive to defeat the ninja gang. The turtles face the gang leader, who is too powerful for them, and the Rat Sensei single-handedly throws him off a building into a garbage truck where he is crushed to death. Yeah, that's yeah. always been a troubling part for oops. me. Yeah, that oops is fucking murder, bro. You can't yeah. <laughs> just like. Did you just see? Look did what I you did. Just crush his head. Yeah, murdered him. Killed him. Although when I watch it this time, it seems he lands on the back part of the of the garbage truck, and nothing much cradles his fall. It's not like he lands in the garbage. No, no, he, he lands, lands in, in the, the mouth. In the, like in, the back. Right. So he's probably pretty fucked up when he right. hits. So it's... maybe Casey Jones thought this was a kindness, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. And they just for a symbolic yeah. thing. I'll crush you the know? helmet that was so... Right. The Shredder filled with his head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I, listen, when I first saw it, I was like, did Casey Jones just very casually kill this guy? That means he's killed plenty of people. Yeah. yeah. If you can just so casually flip that switch... <laughs> and he's raped. April needs to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the park late at night dressed he's a in, dangerous, a, in a mask. Dangerous no, man. He's not yeah. a stable man. This is 1990 New York City. 
Yeah. Why is he? <laughs> this was normal for I them. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's a pretty jarring ending. Yes, of course. But yeah. then this rat whose ear is dangling off is like Kawabunga. <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, that one. I forgot my, about that one. My Thanks, favorite bro. one. He's like, I'm funny. Yeah, you're not funny. I never at any point does he make a No funny. one even noticed your dumb ear until someone said something about it. It's a rat's ear. It's like less than a millimeter. You can't even see it. We expect it to be shitty already. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a rat's yeah, ear. Yeah, Shredder was such a good karate master. Great job. Couldn't kill a rat. Why don't you just snap it in half? It's Seriously, how about you kick it? <laughs> All right, enough. Kick it out a window. You <laughs> should go to the next one. Okay. And of course, the next one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. They wasted no time. The very next year, 1991. One year later, a pizza delivery boy encounters burglars during a delivery only to be saved by the anthropomorphic turtles who are currently living with the reporter. Meanwhile, the gang leader, who did not die, what? wants revenge. It's really like a, a, a Friday the 13th type of thing where he emerges yeah. from the garbage al alive. I love when, like... How the, is it a year later? How are you guy, still alive? The bad guy's, like, henchmen are even like, holy shit. Yeah, like, yes. I knew he was a badass, but I didn't know he was that badass. But also, like, again, it, it's a year later. How are you still alive in the dump? You're not immortal. You're a mortal man wearing a a, a mask. Am he was in a year long coma. He, he, he there was a there was an open bottle of milk that was sort of poured slowly into his mouth at the time. He had a drip going on. I built myself a stretcher. Also, Shredder's like this isn't about reforming the foot. It is about revenge. I mean, the next scene they're doing a whole. Right. They're having tryouts. Well, Come I think on. I think it's not solely about reforming uh, the mean, foot. Why even say it then? All right. Well, because he's like, you know, but the overlying message here, revenge. It's true. It's true. I'm sorry. Go on, Scott. <laughs> Meanwhile, the reporter interviews a scientist about a toxic waste spill, and her cameraman, a secret ninja gang spy, reports this to the gang leader. Meanwhile, <laughs> Rat Sensei tells the turtles that the toxic waste is the same that turned them into anthropomorphic animals. The turtles go to talk to the scientist, but the ninja gang gets there first, and they kidnap the scientist and steal the last vial of toxic waste. It's odd that this is actually the third movie that I can think of that involves toxic waste in a significant way. Can you think of the other two, Scott Offhand? The other two toxic waste movies we've dealt with? Well, there was an oil spill in Free Willy. I wasn't and thinking of that. I was thinking of actual toxic waste. Oh, uh, RoboCop. RoboCop, of course. It mutates the man. Yeah. And then... Uh, Karate Kid? Three. Thank yes. you, Phil. As you know, Terry Silver has a toxic waste disposal company. Oh, right. He's Remember, like, he's like, yeah. Yeah, just dispose the toxic Put waste. Put in Belize. I don't <laughs> care. Like, yeah, <laughs> Meanwhile, the pizza delivery boy goes to the reporter's apartment and discovers the turtles. Meanwhile, the gang leader uses the toxic waste on a wolf and a snapping turtle, creating more giant anthropomorphic animals. Meanwhile, the turtles are in the market for a new apartment and settle in an abandoned subway station. Meanwhile, the surly one decides to help the delivery boy get into the ninja gang as a spy, but they are caught, and delivery boy escapes while the surly one is captured. We're supposed to emotionally care about this delivery boy. He's just entered the story. Casey Jones is out. He's in. The human yeah. helping the turtles. Sort of a device to yeah, help more them. More than anything else. Yeah. Is that a lady sneaker, Phil? No. It's a guy sneaker. You sure? Yeah. All right. They wouldn't make him nice this big. sneakers till they make him in men. <laughs> <laughs> the other turtles arrive to save the surly one. 
but are ambushed by the anthropomorphic wolf and snapping turtle. The turtles grab the scientists and escape. The gang leader unleashes the wolf and snapping turtle on the city and sends a message to the turtles to meet with him or else. You got a whole Superman 2 thing going on here. He cares. He cares about these humans. So let's fuck everything up and lure him out. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> yeah. what happens. Basically, yeah. And you have these two ridiculous costumed creatures just kind of slamming their bodies. Pushing it's, telephone into, poles into, over. Into obvious set pieces. They're falling down. Yeah. It just, it's, it, it couldn't look worse if you went to like an amusement park and they're like, hey, be in the dinosaur show. We dress you up and you destroy a city. Yeah. And it's just some idiotic tourists smashing yeah, themselves like, into things. Wait, <laughs> was, is that a real thing? Show. Is that a real thing? No, but I think I might have invented something. I would do this. <laughs> we Hold should up, talk. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the scientist develops an antidote to the toxic waste that the turtles try to feed the wolf and snapping turtle. But the ruse is discovered, and the turtles fight them in a conveniently located nightclub, eventually defeating them. The whole thing with the donut... All the bad guys surrounding this encounter. Just watching it happen. Watching it happen. They're yeah. walking up. Have a donut. Well, listen, it's not the 90s without <laughs> a dance scene, fight scene involving people watching the fight and a famous celebrity on the cusp of no longer being a famous celebrity. <laughs> At a rate of about one joke per three seconds. Most of them are going to be losing jokes, but, you know, some are going to be winners. So <laughs> how many How many you got? A hundred? Put them all in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of a million scenes. I have some others later that just go on and on, and you're like, are you just padding the time here? Could you think of nothing else to do? (laughs) The gang leader ingests the rest of the ooze and becomes super strong, and in an attempt to kill the turtles, drops a dock on his own head, killing himself. Yeah, well, it started out promising. Pretty anticlimactic, I always thought. Me too. I, I mean, I think that actually, I think that end scene is pretty cool. I think Super Shredder is a Super cool Super Shredder idea. is nuts, but there's like five seconds of it. And you lose him immediately. Yeah. It's outrageous. And when Vanilla Ice gets involved, I, you're saying to yourself, what have I entered here? Is this a music video? You talk about cross-promotion. Scott, you brought it up so well when we talked about Free Willy and how the early 90s right. was all about synergy, you said. Synergy. And yes. the idea that you're cross-promoting an artist or a song with a movie. Because, you know, they own the recording company. They own their own, you know, have stake in a television station and the home video Vanilla sales. Ice is everything. watching the fight for, for people's lives. And writes a song about it on, on the, the spot. spot. I read that ostensibly the notion was that he was rapping to calm the crowd so that they weren't... He should have been calling the police. (laughs) Someone do something. I mean, it seemed like it could be a fun secret club to go to where Vanilla Ice is playing. Hey, if you guys hear about that uh, secret Vanilla Ice show by the Yeah, there's a person kidnapped right next door. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's so New York. (laughs) We're going down to the dock shore tonight. It's going to be great. Three. And this one is called... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. 1993, they had to take a year off to, to you know, recharge everyone's batteries. To throw out everything they had and just start over with some other shit? In feudal Japan, a prince is chased by samurais and captured. People must have thought they were in the wrong fucking theater when this right. movie started. It's also a terrible prologue scene to set us up for the story later because it tells us really nothing. It's not necessary, frankly. Yeah. And I'm never clear on what the plot is really within that world. I I can't wait for you to try and untangle it. Please try. Meanwhile, in New York, two years after the events of the last one, the reporter brings the turtles and rat sensei gifts. 
one of which is an ancient Japanese scepter. Suddenly we're in the gremlins and it's a flea market that's yeah. influencing the fucking world. Yeah. Here you go, Mikey. I got you a lampshade. Like, and here you go, Splinter. I got you an ancient I just piece wanna... of Japanese culture. <laughs> I like, just want to point out. What store did you go to? I, just, I really want to point out at no point in the movie Blue Hawaii starring Elvis Presley, does he put a lampshade on his head and say, oh, Elvis Presley, Blue Hawaii, thank you very much. You it, sure? it you see, so you've seen that Elvis movie, you know for sure. I've seen most of it. I get all bored right. with him because he's always a guy that Most sings. of it? Because if you didn't see all of it, if, maybe in the listen, post credit. You fucking, you <laughs> fucking fraud, Phil. Thanks most for stopping this podcast in no. its tracks for that bullshit. No, there's, at no point in the 15 minutes I missed at the end because I was infuriated by it, uh, did he put a lampshade on his head? And if he Phil, did, I'm looking at the summary of Wikipedia right here. The last sentence is puts on lampshade. Movie ends. <laughs> Looks at screen and goes, "Oh fuck you, Phil." <laughs> he goes, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the past, the prince is being scolded by his father, who is in the process of purchasing weapons from an English trader. The prince has the same scepter and activates it, sending him to present day and sending the reporter to feudal Japan, where she is in prison. Once again, we have the most popular plot convention in all of the trilogies we've ever covered. Your favorite. Time travel. I literally wrote it in big letters in my notes when it came uh, up, just as I knew you were going to be it, so upset it. By never it. ends. But I could accept this time travel because they've made it sort of a vice versa, like father-like-son time travel, yeah. where you switch places with someone else. Well, fish out of water. Yeah, yeah. right. Like a, yeah. Uh, what's the one with Jamie Lee Curtis? In the uh, Freaky, Freaky Friday. Friday. Same kind of a thing. You, you have to switch in time, so it's, it's yeah. different in its own way. Right. Yeah. The turtles travel back in time, switching places with four guards, while the ex-hockey player watches their place. It really feels like he's watching their place. That's all he's doing this whole movie. Yeah, it's weird because they're like, oh, guys, I got reinforcements. And you're like, oh, great, Casey Jones is here. And then like they go without him. And even he's like, he's like, oh, there must be a fight going. I knew I was missing something good. I'm like, why the fuck are you here? It feels like whoever dealt with the screenplay this time around was like, we're bringing in Casey Jones, but we have nothing for him to do in the in the present. So let's also weirdly stick him in the past. Right. Playing somebody else. Not a relative, they not explained, nope. nothing. It's almost like a sitcom from the from the 80s where one of the main characters plays their cousin from France as well, and they're playing two characters at the same yeah. time, needlessly to show off what? The acting of of, of Conrad Bain from Different Strokes. <laughs> well, Conrad know, Bain as a samurai would be problematic, I don't, I don't but know. fun. <laughs> I'm just saying that often happened. If you remember, it reminds me of the uh, Smokey and the Bandit 3 when uh, well, Smokey played several of his own relatives. Thank you. For no good reason. Uh, and mostly offensive. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> All offensive. <laughs> and you're right, Phil. The Nutty Professor also... Yes. Yeah. The turtles arrive in feudal Japan, and the fun one gets lost immediately. Hmm. The other turtles rescue the reporter and a familiar-looking prisoner, but are soon attacked by villagers until it's revealed that they also found the fun turtle, and the villagers bring them to him. Just another, just more long scenes. It's all like a half battle that never really goes anywhere Ugh. because then they find out something. Like I feel like, it, like no one ever gets hurt in any of these battles. They arrive at the village and find it being attacked by the English trader, who escapes while the village burns. And the turtles save a young boy in town. Very uh, fun scene. Another 90s staple is learning CPR. Are you going to question the 
realism of a turtle's giant mouth being able to form a seal and obviously give... that's the first thought I had is well that yes. kid's a goner yeah. because there's no way you have to form a seal you can form a seal no. he's not even putting his mouth he's just uh, yeah, the hovering second over time, you could clearly see that his mouth isn't really touching the kid not being able to find the magic scepter the turtles decide to build a new one while they get closer with the villagers half-assed building of a new scepter immediately broken so that whole plot line is just discarded in seconds i thought it was a misdirect like they that you were yeah. gonna think they were gonna build mm. it in reality it was it was a decoy <laughs> well, to instead it led to the most confusing <laughs> and unclear moment in the entire movie it, it yeah. was a misdirect they just fucking drop it in a well <laughs> and it's it, it's it's over and that part of the story is over what <laughs> why didn't someone cover that well yeah how about just, well 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 aren't you ninjas why are you so clumsy ninja yeah. shouldn't you be able to hold what looks like a weapon anyway <laughs> stupid like leonardo is just gonna turn to the screen and be like we have wasted these people's time today do you understand that how much time it took to make this thing and you just throw it down the well yeah they need to be a take where that giant Asian blacksmith gives a look like, are you kidding me? Yes, yes. Come on, guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, the ex-hockey player teaches the displaced guards hockey. Very sleepily at that, too. Just the good oh, is ha, hockey. Ha, ha, they, oh, and they fight. <laughs> hey. I, I didn't see that wheezing laugh coming 20 fucking minutes before. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, ho oh, wow. Hockey is about fighting instead of yeah. playing. Yeah. Pff, never occurred to you anybody. You guys are naturals. Yeah. Great gag. And, and there's a gag right before it, too, where they're making pizza in feudal Japan. It's just throwing in the face of time travel movies of like, why are you introducing them to pizza? Yeah. You're going to fuck everything up. Pizza, when you get back, won't be like pizza like you remember it. Shows them in, in the present day and they're obsessed with like chicken wings. <laughs> get yeah. chicken wings. Mm. All right, taco. <laughs> the replica scepter is finished and immediately accidentally broken. But the boy they saved shows them the scepter has been under his house the whole time because his grandfather wanted the turtles to stay. Selfish bastards. This is the confusing scene I was referring to. This just seems like they wrote it that day, an hour before they shot it, to be like, we got to make a, let's complicate it. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. The manipulation of Yoshi and Mitsu over yeah. the turtles? Yeah. Like, like you think it's Yoshi is the one who who hid the scepter, then, then you it's think Mits it's Mitsu, and, and then, then the grandfather, grandfather comes out, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, so I guess we're not supposed to dislike any of these characters for, yeah. you know, fucking with these poor turtles' lives. Yeah, it's like a, a triple deke. They're yeah. <laughs> using us. The familiar-looking prisoner betrays everybody and steals the scepter, handing it over to the English trader. The turtles release the prince's father's prisoners, and they fight back and defeat the prince's father. The English trader tries to escape, but when cornered, throws the scepter in the air and the turtles grab it while the familiar-looking prisoner shoots the English trader with a cannon. And none of this makes any sense. None no. of this climax makes any sense. You can't follow what's happening. Literally, him Who's being, good, who's bad. Him trapped in that corner is the writers going, I, 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 what the fuck and do we then do? what are they like, going to do with those birds? Why, does like, the, why, why do you, do you care the, about the birds? Why? The, the birds is the only good part, Phil. The, <laughs> the guy's love for his bird is the only good part of the whole film. It's like the bad guy from uh, one of was is it the second Shaft movie or the first Shaft movie with his like oboe? Yeah, like I need my oboe. No, and like yeah. even after he gets his ass kicked, he crawls over to his right. oboe. After briefly discussing staying in feudal Japan, they all go home. It's so stupid and quick. <laughs> I'm sorry, and, I didn't and the reasons like for it. Don't like I, when Michelangelo's like, I think I might stay. Like, fucking why, dude? Because Raphael would have a better reason to be like, oh, yo, she needs me here, you know? Scott, I think it's time we break down 
some of the intricacies of each of these three movies with respect to the cast. In a little segment we like to call Vinformation. You like to call it that. <laughs> I don't think of it as that. It's my birthday episode. <laughs> All right. Ahem. Vinformation. Get yourself some Vinformation. You need some of that Vinformation. Vinformation. Yeah. Yeah. For your birthday, buddy. Okay. Now, I'm going to leave that with no music underneath. <laughs> you, you can't do that to me. <laughs> okay. I thought that it would make most sense for us to just start off with turtle history. How nice. this came to be. How the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles became a movie. Yeah. Okay, so I think it starts off with two gentlemen in 1984. Eastman and Laird. Yes. Eastman and Laird got a $7,000 loan from a relative. It was so that they could self-publish their first comic book, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was They made a company called Mirage Studios. Out of their apartment. It's really one of these stories where two college guys kind of come up with a funny idea and it explodes on them. And it was a lark. They created the Ninja Turtles as a parody of four different comic books that were popular at the time. I want you guys to tell me what they pulled from each of these comics, if you could. Ooh, the first uh, one is the New Mutants. The okay. New Mutants. Now, That's I the team dynamic, probably. Okay. I, I, well, probably also the, the mutant dynamic, oh, yeah. Phil. You know, they're the mutant turtles. Sure. New mutants. You got Daredevil. Oh, God. So much. Well, how is this like Daredevil? What's the spoof well, on Daredevil? The origin of Daredevil is that toxic waste fell on his eyes, which blinded him and gave him powers. No shit. In addition to that, okay. he's taught by Stick, and they're taught by Splinter. He also, he battles the hand, and the turtles battle oh, the, the foot. foot clan. Wow. The hand comes up in a bunch of different comics, I believe. I think the hand they is... They pop up in Marvel. The other two comics are the Frank Miller Ronin comic. I'm going to assume that has to do with... Samurai. Samurai. Japanese. And we know Frank Miller, of course, from Sin City. Scott. Robocop 2. He did Robocop 2. So there you and go. And 3. I don't know if you guys are familiar. The fourth one was Dave Sims' uh, Cerebus is the fourth comic with which this was spoofing. So. I'm not familiar. Me neither. So, guys, this really is a product of its time period, the late 80s, early 90s. We talked a little bit already about the notion of synergy. And so this was a comic, but it was also a toy before it was anything. Right. Okay. And the cartoon came out of the necessity to sell the toy. Yeah. I mean, these guys came up with a comic in 84, and by 86, 87, they were already in with the marketing guy, already had um, Playmates Incorporated creating a toy, and then they had Fred Wolf Films responsible for the Chipmunks uh, cartoon. The Toxic ah. Avenger cartoon. That's right. Mm. These were the forces that helped to shape the turtles as we see them now. Yeah, they I, they signed with a guy and they said, "You have thirty days to up our status." And he got them playmates. Like so many products of the time, your GI Joe, your He Man, you see that toy happen almost before the story. The deal with He-Man was that they made their own comic book to go with the action figure right. so that there was this whole backstory to the character and then they made the show and the show doesn't resemble the comic at no, all, like the original comic. The idea is that between the toy company and the animators, that's where you get all of the catchphrases from the turtles, which weren't in the original comics. No. That's where you get the look, which they describe as green on brick. Even the colors, their headbands and stuff is all made up for the cartoon. Yeah, and they the were comic, all red. They're, exactly. They're like mostly, they're, so most of their stuff was black and white. So figure the 
animated show came out in roughly 1987. So there's two or three years for it to get really big in this country right. before the first film came out. Okay. While at the same time, the comic remained dark. Well, if I may say, there was a, a series of comics that was more like the TV show that they did do. And there was like this whole great side subcomic called Mighty Mutanimals, where they went to like space and they time traveled. Beat my team. The Mighty Mutanimals. Agent Pete? The world's most useless mutant? Hey! They also had a, a quick incarnation in 1997 by uh, Saban. Yeah. Yes. Where they brought in a fifth Ninja Turtle, a girl named Venus de Milo. Venus de Milo, that's right. We their... weren't ready to bring back the turtles at that point. No. It was too soon. No. no. Too soon. And they Power Rangers it up a little bit. You had a show that came on for the Fox box from mm. 2003 to 2009, and that is what inspired the 2007 fully CGI TMNT movie. Which wasn't bad. No. This led to the uh, Nickelodeon show um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 2012 to 2017. Then they, okay. they sold their stake to Nickelodeon and Viacom, mm -hmm. right? They did, they did, Phil, and that brought you into the reboot of the movie. And that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Michael Bay, movies. 2014. Then the sequel, um, Out of the Shadows, in 2016. I heard the first one was good and the second one was bad. And then it brings us to the present where we've got still a Nickelodeon rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's there. You can watch it right now. It's important to know that the first... First and second film were a couple of Jim Henson's last films that he worked on. Right. Indeed, the second one was dedicated to him. This movie was a mega hit. It got mixed reviews, but it was a crazy mega hit. Made for only $13 million. It made $202 million and at the time was considered the highest grossing independent film. Many studios passed on this film because they were terrified of what happened with Masters of the Universe, that a toy property movie wouldn't make a big buck. Of course, you worthless hunk of fur. Books are the real treasures of the world. Okay, the second one, um, The Secret of the Ooze, it had double the budget of the first one, but didn't really? make yeah, double the budget. I don't see it. I don't see any of it. You don't see any of it on screen except Phil, maybe in the set pieces. It's one grandiose set piece after another, almost like a movie musical where the set piece yeah. is its own character. Yeah. We'll talk about that. But yeah, the budget was doubled. It made uh, 80 million against 25, which was a downturn after how big the first film was. Well, a couple of cast changes. Of course, we lost Feldman because he, one of his drug arrests or whatever, they brought somebody else in. Um, and we decided that we didn't need Casey Jones anymore. Fuck him. Got terrible reviews. Scott, the director, though, is a trilogy superstar. The director of The Secret of the Ooze is also the director of the second Bad News Bears movie, uh. Michael Pressman. Nobody gives a shit about that anyway. And there's nothing that goes along with a third movie. No good facts. I've got nothing to say. It was made for $12 million and it only made 40 which, hey, that's a big profit. But it's because a return, yeah. But because of what they expected from the first movie That's and a 50 even the 50% drop off the last one. Awful reviews. Um, Henson is out for this one. So I don't it know shows. if you- I think yeah. it shows. It I shows. think you see a difference in the- yeah. They look, they just look awful. It looks like the turtles have been smoking meth all of a sudden. Oh, tight, 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 yeah. Oh, blue, yellow, pink. Whatever, man, just keep bringing me that. Boys, there are only two actors that were in all three of these films. So this will be very easy to go through. Now, the first one is the guy who did the voice of Leonardo, the leader of the Turtles. No, that's Brian Tashi. He is in, as you know, Scott, 
one of my favorite films, Revenge of the Motherfucking Nerds. Oh. He plays Takashi. He was also in Police Academy 3 and 4. Okay, Takashi, what do you got? Well, I think I have a frush. What the fuck is a frush? A frush. Oh, well, see, I got two sevens, and two sevens beats a frush. Oh, oh, thank you. Robbie Risk is the other actor. He plays the voice of Michelangelo. Now, most people know him because he is Cousin Oliver from The Brady Bunch, the cousin that comes in in the last season Uh, that jumps the shark for The Brady Bunch, the goofy kid with the big glasses. I always thought he was... uh... A Satan worshiper. And that's basically it, Scott. We'll talk about the actors that were in only two of the three as we go. Let's talk about the first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. God, I love being a turtle! It's always weird to see the Twin Towers in an old movie, right? Yeah, it was in the first two movies. There was a distinct Twin Towers scene, I noticed. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, a huge part of the skyline, but it's just uh, (laughs) jarring like, oh, remember that? You know what? But I kind of like it, too. Yeah, no, I'm glad that, like, you yeah. don't scrub it from history. Oh, God, like, yeah. Yeah, of course not. But Well, that was like the Sopranos. After 9-11, they yeah. took that shot out of the opening. I was like, are we to believe that this is not one trip that he took at the beginning of the season, that this is a trip he takes every day, <laughs> that now when he looks, there are no Twin Towers? And during this trip, his facial expressions are always the same, and he sees all oh, the right, same yeah. things. He's, he's always, always smoking a cigar. He's the only yeah, difference yeah. is, in this new trip, there's no Twin Towers yeah. in the background. And he's always taking the craziest path to get wherever the <laughs> yeah, hell he's the going. You're like, going to West Caldwell, and you're uh, driving past Pizza Land? Yeah, there's no need to go past Pizza Land for that. <gasps> That's too funny. All right. I don't fucking get it. All right, North Jersey fucking yes, sorry. assholes. Soprano side bits, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I do think there was some influence of Karate Kid a little bit. No doubt about it. Because it feels like the Foot Clan is like, when you see the kids running around and all this shit, man, Cobra Kai has gone too far this time. <laughs> like, yeah, like they're actually attacking people in the streets and stealing their shit. It's not tournament. It's for real. The cops at the beginning, right after uh, April gets saved, by Raphael, or yeah. like the lights go out, right? And then they're all tied up, and she's like, what? The cops come up, they're like, oh, look what's happening here. I've never seen anything like it. And I'm like, you never seen guys tied up with rope before? <laughs> How long have you been on the force? Because this your first day, or? That's it, I'm retiring. This No country for old men. Like, I, I gotta retire. This is a young man's game. Lifting up his hat brim with his gun. Just, geez, I don't know. Well, it's a mess, ain't it, Sheriff? If it ain't, it'll do till the mess gets here. Why is there a working phone in the sewers to call Domino's <laughs> Why on? Why isn't there a working phone in the sewers to call Domino's Maybe. I don't think people go to the sewers to make pink calls, What if you're Phil? working in the sewer and you get hungry for uh, some pizza? <laughs> you know, I was. it's funny. I was going to say, why the hell are you ordering Domino's when you live in New York City? Right. But they're probably the only people that will throw the pizza down <laughs> a sewer grate. <laughs> <laughs> like, when Domino's pizza delivers... Quality comes first. April says some offensive uh, comments early on. When she's about to be kidnapped, she says, Yes. Am I late on my Sony payments? What? Which also seems kind of dated. I'm like, what do you mean Sony payments? Who are you paying paying Sony for? Like, we know Sony is like a film company and they make technology and electronics. Even then, in in 1990, what what would that mean? I guess you're paying off the CD player you just bought. Celebrating 10 years of the compact disc from the people who invented it. Sony. They have always like typical, like anytime you see any New Yorker, 
doing something. It's very New York. Ugh. We're like the guy. So much. You know, Raphael's wearing the trench coat and he yeah. does like barrel roll over the cab. And the passenger is like, oh, did you see that? And the cab is like, yeah, look like a big turtle in a trench coat. You going to LaGuardia, right? <laughs> just like, cabbie <laughs> seen it all. New Am York right? is fucking crazy, yeah. man. Nothing I ain't ever seen before. Hey, Fred, give me a pizza with extra cheese. Extra cheese. And hold the tomato sauce. Hold the tomato sauce. And hold the crust. Hold the crust. Hey, Jimmy, give me a cheese with nothing. Nothing? So the kids wind up on the Pinocchio-esque Pleasure Island inside that warehouse where they're encouraged by Sam Rockwell, of all people, to do whatever they want. You mean Trilogy Superstar. Sam Rockwell, yes, I do, from Iron Man 2. He's like, have some cigarettes, kids. Yeah. You know this is the early 90s because kids are openly smoking. It's no problem. Yeah. yeah. The one kid had a cigar in his mouth. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. There's a moment when you show the Foot Clan headquarters and I believe Tatsu was his name, yes. is training them. And he's like, oh, good fight. And the kid bows and he kicks him right in the head. But then he's like, he's like, you never bow to your enemy. Like, so who taught him how to bow then? Because that kid doesn't look like he had like karate experience. <laughs> yeah. So one of you had to tell him to bow at a certain point. They're incompetent fighters. They're beaten in seconds all the time. Oh, yeah. The idea that they've devoted a scene to making it seem like it's an honor to be in the foot is almost a joke because of how incompetent they are. In the first movie, getting water spit in their face. In the second movie, five of them are beaten up by well, a yo-yo. It's, it's very easy to beat anyone in the foot clan. It, it really is. Especially Tatsu. Every time yeah. he acts like he's a badass and yeah. he gets like dispatched immediately. Once. Yeah. In one shot. Yeah. Golf like club it. and then a turtle smash. A butt, turtle. Bump. Yep, yeah. butt bump. Ex- exactly, Phil. Butt bump. Throughout all these movies, and I'm going to bring up multiple instances where this comes up, the idea that like, the turtles like keep flirting with April, they're like, yeah, she's totally going to bang us. And she always has this reaction like, guys, come on, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're fun and all. But do turtles have dicks? <laughs> the Splinter origin is different in the cartoon, at least, and I think the comic yes. book. In the cartoon, he and Shredder like knew each other, and I think he was actually Yoshi. Yeah. He wasn't the pet rat of that master. Right. He was that master. And oh. then he got the mutagen, and it turned him into a rat. They were turtles who got splashed with it, but a lot of the shit in the cartoon was they would put it on people and turn them into animals, like Bebop right. and Rocksteady. But the conceit right. of these movies is much more, no, 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 you put it on an animal, and it turns them into... A giant animal. And I actually think it kind of sucks because it's like, <laughs> it makes more sense if he was a ninja master yeah. who knew Shredder personally. Yeah, he's a fucking pet. Your name is Splinter, but your real name is Hamato Yoshi. You lived in Japan and you weren't a rat. I will finally get revenge on the rat that scratched my face. Get a, get a hold of yourself, man. <laughs> That's why I wear the mask. Get a I'm hold su- of yourself. I'm super vain. Yeah, I got three scratches from a rat. What are you talking I mean, about? Think about it's an Shredder. embarrassing story to tell. And here. again, a pretty anticlimactic ending. He reveals immediately, oh, I'm that rat. And then he kills him and that's pretty much yeah, the end of the movie. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, well, who cared that he found that out before <laughs> he died in 10 seconds? All I have to say to you, Scott, is ninja vanish. <laughs> ninja vanish. <laughs> you know, it really, it really takes away the element of surprise if you announce what's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> ninja vanish. So we wind up in, I don't know, April's 
summer her home. family's farmhouse. Her, no one's been there in years. I don't know what's going on. I love, though, as soon as we get there, you see her over a piece of paper with a pencil. This, you know, inner monologue starts. Yeah, the whole which, narration that begins. Which totally sets up, she's writing a letter or a journal entry right. of some kind. Right. And they pan around and she's drawing a picture. And I'm like, what? that was such a mind fuck <laughs> watching that. I'm Is like, she just thinking that as she draws the picture? Yes, she's not writing this to anyone. And then when, when Raphael wakes up, they got this weird wounded Raphael voice like what's going on guys <laughs> like it's just like very strange sounding I'm, I'm just hungry <laughs> and then he fucking I love it like he gets beaten the shit up wakes up days later and the first thing you see him do right after that is he climbs the barn so he can scream splinter it, it really, which he has done twice already it's, it, it's, it's like Rocky 4 when Rocky <laughs> screams Drago from the Russian mountaintop that's how I that's how I see it I just think like He got Casey Jones misunderstanding claustrophobic for homosexual. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Just throwing that out there. He there's a line where he's like, like Casey doesn't want to stay in the the sewer. Right. You're a claustrophobic. <laughs> you want a fist in the mouth? Mm-mm. I've never even looked at another guy before. What he means is that you're afraid of enclosed areas. So they're fighting Shredder on the roof. They're displaying such brilliant martial arts skills yeah. with with the entire gang. The minute they get to Shredder, nothing happens. He dispatches them with ease. Out the window. All of this skill, they literally just run at him and he sm he smacks him down. In fact, all their moves are pretty terrible as well. They're lunging and sloppy and ill-timed. They were all concussed up to that point yeah. and they forgot that they were ninjas. I am the true leader. No way, hosebag! Master Splinter is the true leader. Tell him, Master. Who am I? Who are you? So at the end, this is the Sam Rockwell scene, second Sam Rockwell scene, where he's like, oh yeah, you gotta check out this place. It's the East Warehouse on Lairdman Island. But clearly a reference to Eastman and Laird. They're like, right. But so obvious and lame, and why? And we're if you're in New York City, we know there's not a Lairdman Island. Welcome to Fantasy Island. Okay, I've had enough with this first Ninja Turtles movie. I'm done with it. We gotta go. Should we go to the second Ninja Turtles movie? Yes. All right. This is the secret of the freaking ooze. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Man, I, I love, love being a turtle. The secret of all the missed opportunities that could have happened. Why do you insist that there could have been many opportunities? It's like you guys expected something great to come out of this, yes. but the first one wasn't brilliant. It was only okay. So I can't imagine yes, the second but, one would have been so great. But this could have been the apology movie. Right. Okay. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. This movie begins with the whole city of New York eating pizza, and no one explains why everyone is eating pizza like this. What is happening? It's New what York is, City, motherfucker. What is going on? Is it's, this a it's all the continuous fetishization of pizza. This all these movies do. It's I'm, about having sex with pizza. The I'm, last movie was about losing your virginity to a whale. These ones are about fucking pizza, okay? Hi, this is Rod's Thick Pizza. How do you want it? We get this first fight with them where we see that they're not using their weapons. They're fighting with toys. And then he literally fights with cold cuts. He grabs right. those little sauce instead of the and nunchucks. And in England, they cut that part because they're not allowed to show characters using nunchucks in England. Yeah, really? nunchucks was controversial. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Fucking, I'll fucking hit you with a nunchuck right now, Phil. Yeah. At the end of the scene, every member of the foot is in an unconscious pile in the middle of the... 
in the middle of the room. Yeah. This, this, some of these people are dead. <laughs> For you sure. You can't make so many people just be They're unconscious un- at one time. Under 20 people? Yeah, yeah. he's probably smothered yeah. to death. You've killed some people. <laughs> I killed them. I killed them all. They're dead. I just wrote, stop yelling words, idiots. <laughs> it's what we were just kind of doing at the beginning of this. They yes. get to a point in the second one where it's just any word, not even like an exclamation. Yeah. It's just like uh, constant spew of fucking superlatives that they all have to just keep throwing out. Like, stop. This bit is terrible. Stop it's, continuing it's, it's it. It's concepts. They're like animosity, communism, <laughs> <laughs> Marxism. What, what are you saying? What? Why are you exclaiming this? Mendacity. <laughs> Kelabunga, bogus. God is dead. What? <laughs> I was to say one of my favorite. I couldn't stop fucking. I was literally like couldn't breathe. She comes in. She's like, "Where's uh, where's Splinter?" I'm like, "Oh, he's on the roof. He's on the roof, huh? What's he doing?" And you see him at the window go coming, and they're like, oh, "It's a to a decision." Is it's, that it, an intentional joke? Scott, it's hilarious. The pause is crazy because <laughs> I heard the pause too, and I'm like, "What does he say?" Uh, oh, where's Splinter? He's been up on the roof ever since he saw your report. Really? Doing what? Coming. Huh? Casey. Their costumes are a little more kitty, and, it, and it's filmed even that way. There's uh, no, it's not as shadowy as the first one. They mutate that that snapping turtle and that wolf, and they, they come out of there, and I was just disgusted by what I was seeing. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That they crazy like, grinning fucking face that Razor They kind of look like her. the uh, TV series Dinosaurs yes. a little yes, bit. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, so that's the other thing. If you were to use Bebop and Rocksteady or some kind of thing, it would be poetic justice to see an augmented person, not a tortured animal, become <laughs> yeah. a fucking idiot. Uh, you couldn't maybe put us back in that cage there, could you? I also like, too, when they're going to get the vial of toxic waste. Yeah. And he's like, oh, can you hack the, the thing? And he's like, oh, I'll yeah. give it a shot. And he literally, all he did was type in the serial number for the thing that he wanted. And it went, <laughs> no, and then broke. <laughs> Why is Donatello supposed to be good at tech stuff again? And he sounds like a fucking like meth head in the third movie where you're like, oh, that's not a smart guy's voice. Hello, I'm Corey Feldman. Did you know that crack cocaine has become a national concern? They spend an entire scene in the second movie just bringing Ernie Reyes up to speed on just the plot. It's like a five-minute scene. Yeah, even there's Raphael like, if I remember correctly, Shredder went down and he fell into a garbage oh, thing. God. Like, yeah, we were all there. We oh, remember. No. Yeah, he did and the for scream. me, it was four and a half minutes ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just watched that. <laughs> yeah. I do think the story and the gags are slightly better in okay. this film than the first one. All right. Things play a little bit better. I, I like the story of actually showing the Shredder doing things instead of just committing crimes. Okay, you know, I, like, mean, I guess so. Duh, I don't have time to waste watching science fiction movies. It makes exactly zero sense that Ernie Reyes has decided to infiltrate the Foot Clan so that he can find out what's going on. But Raphael follows him the entire time. Follows him to the training session. Follows him into the place. Right. As soon as he gets there and he's infiltrated, Raphael exposes him. Yeah. And they're fighting. Why doesn't Raphael just scout out the place? And also, when they show like the group of like potential Foot Clan guys and the guy who comes up to them who looks like he's like uh, in fucking Oliver and like exactly. everyone else doesn't know what gang they're applying for. Like the guy's wearing a biker outfit. This guy's wearing fucking like jean shorts. Like what's happening here? Get together guys. Like you can only have one type of scum in this town. You can't. Is this it priest? The Pope's new army? 
A few crusty bitches and a handful of ragtags. So Donatello gets all upset when he finds out that they were created by slime because like, I thought there was more to it. Right. Like, what more did you think was to it? It's pretty cut and dry. You're teenage mutant ninja turtles. Like, <laughs> you were turtle. You knew you were turtles covered in slime, and then you thought there'd be more information. Another like, no, God chose you to be covered in toxic <laughs> waste. You thought it yes. would be. It was yeah. deeper than that. Then. Yeah. The great turtle god looked down and smiled upon you. I like turtles. I just had one more thing to say about that fleeing from the junkyard scene. Doesn't one of the mutated creatures follow them down a hole and get stuck and his legs are kicking right yes. there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cut him off with your sword. <laughs> End this. End this now. That is a mutant. It's not a human being. Destroy it. They just walk away. You're not committed to justice. Well, you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dane. Yes, I know that. I just think it's so funny. This donut scene, they try to literally give a dog medicine. If you've ever tried to give medicine to a dog <laughs> and you're sticking it in a fucking piece of cheese or a little bit of deliciousness, they'll eat the whole fucking thing and then poof, spit the little pill out just to spite you. And that's exactly how this scene plays out. It's like, God damn it, just take the fucking medicine. Now, people always ask me if I can put dog's pill into food or a treat. And the answer is generally no, because they have a really good sense of smell and they're probably gonna spit the pill out behind the couch when you're not looking. Might as well just toss it in the garden if you're gonna do that. I only have one last note, and that is something that has always sort of bothered me since I was a child. Super Shredder looks really cool, but the toxic waste wouldn't have mutated his armor into right. larger armor <laughs> that looked cooler. <laughs> I mean, in reality, he probably would have just grown and then he would have been killed by the helmet because the helmet wouldn't have grown and his head would have popped. Okay then, well, so see you around. Big head. <laughs> you got a big head. It's too big for your body. This is our second film where the sound waves of something blow a character through the air, as you know it happens in Back to the Future. I wrote that down as well. It happens here too. Sound waves yeah. blowing so across the room. Whoa. I can roll. And so the action climax after that entire vanilla ice battle is that this mega shredder is pulling the pier down, looking to crush them with the pier? Yes. I feel like it takes the turtles really a long time to figure out that they need to move out of the way of the falling pier. Like, they're yeah. like, what do we do? What do we do? Run. Yeah. There's clearance on either side of you. I can see daylight. Yeah. Move. Yeah. I love this stuff. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. And there's an alternate title, Scott. You mentioned Turtles it. in Time. Some people use that, I think. Although that that's the name of the video game. Yes. The, the much more popular, uh, much more fun video game. better than the movie. Oh, shell shock. Now, for a third film in the trilogy tradition, a couple of things can happen. We can either try and revert back to the successful first film after a second film failure, uh -huh. or we can get exotic and get crazy for the third film. Yeah. And that's what we did here. And they just go off the rail. It's certainly different than, you know, uh, pizza-eating New York. And now we have feudal Japan. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, Kevin Clash departs as the voice of Splinter because uh, the Jim Henson element leaves. Splinter looks like he's too good for the movie. His attitude as a puppet is horrific. <laughs> yeah, horrific. I have a note actually written that says like, wow, he's just really fucking given up on the turtles. Yeah. He's just exasperated. Every other time he's like, guys, guys, don't get discouraged. Here's like a little bit of wisdom. And then this movie is like, you fucking idiots. Master Splinter, you'll help me, right? You'll train me. Training, Michelangelo? Surely there are comic books I could be reading. 
Or perhaps I could go watch television instead. Ah, wait, my son. I know. Perhaps instead of training, I will go eat pizza. But I thought it's interesting at the beginning, they switch and uh, the, the guy, the prince, comes back and he's dressed like in April's clothing. Yeah. But he still has his sword? Yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? Wouldn't Doesn't... April have a sword and be like starting with a sword in Japan? <laughs> it just It's clothes, but not accessories. Yeah. What's, what is the rule here? Yeah. They make clothing kind of an issue in the time traveling. And the costumes look so terrible. In they're bland as From fuck. beginning to end. The rebel group, it seems that they're wearing clothes that white ladies wear out. Yes. And it's yeah. part of an Asian style. It doesn't make any sense. But even the military, they're wearing like smocks, red leather smocks. They don't look right. <laughs> they look childish. Yeah. What do you wear? I'm uh, wearing uh, clothes. Before we get off the time travel thing, boy, that time travel device just looks like a street lamp, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It looks like, you know, you went to Disney on Ice and they had like the little thing yes. and you hold the button and the light inside spins oh, around. Yeah, like, it's, it's and, so and, cheap looking. I love lamp. I love lamp. See the feudal Japanese be amazed and scared by a Walkman. Your music frightens Whoa. and confuses me. See turtles ride horses. They fall in the mud. They fall in the mud twice. They can't do anything right. So it's just a series of spectacles. Spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. So we should probably mention Stuart Wilson at this point. Now, that's the guy who played um, Walker. And he's a trilogy superstar. We talked about him in Hot Fuzz. He was one of the, the townspeople, right? Yes, he was, he was the doctor. Yeah. You're a doctor. Deal with it. Yeah, motherfucker. So they have to free April as soon as they get into the to the feudal Japan time. Right. Yes. Okay. And you got one of many forgettable fights there, which feel to me sloppier in this movie. From the dancing to the fighting. Yeah. Because probably everybody in the suits were like, it's hot. I mean, the, the dialogue really suffers too, though, in these, yes. this scene too. Like, the turtles walk up to the guys they saw earlier, Walker's men, and he was like, it's the three stooges, Larry, Curly, and Moe. Yes, those are the three stooges. <sighs> why, what, why did we need the add-on? It's so terribly written that they've written a joke that they know that little kids won't get. So rather than take the joke out, they're explaining it. Yeah. What, then why use it then? What's yeah. the point? Yeah. Perhaps they, they recorded a number of lines and just placed them where they were. In which case, that means out of all of the lines, they picked that one. <laughs> I, I also like we get a nice usage of the phrase, what a maroon. In that fight oh, as well, very serious. very cartoony, like that. No kid at that time would really understand or know. No, I mean, but when I watched Bugs Bunny, I didn't fucking understand it when he said it. Good either, point. Really. I didn't either. You know? What a maroon! <laughs> and suddenly we get a ton of references in this film to Wayne's World. They're saying Schwing. I, I hated that. Yeah, way yeah. to capitalize. Like on Gorama. A, yeah, like way like, to capitalize on a better movie that that's out around the same time in the early 90s. <laughs> that was about the time I was waiting for, for April to finally go, oh, you know what? Put up or shut up, you fucking perverts. Are we going to do this or are we not going to do this, well, okay? Every time you come over, you make a bunch of comments to me, and then you just go straight for the pizza, all right? Are you going to fuck me or what? This sounds like a fantasy you have, Scott. And then that's when she rips off her blouse, <laughs> lays down on the dining room table and says, take me, turtles, take me. All right, Scott. All right. <laughs> There's a reference he, he, after he comes out of the fire when he's saving Yoshi, uh, Michelangelo. And he's like, Kurt Russell, eat your heart out. That's uh, a backdraft back reference. <laughs> wow. Okay, just checking. I mean, come yes. on. It, I was it, like, I think that's a backdraft reference, but n not a single person on the planet is talking about backdraft now. When you know, it was like, out, no one was talking about it. No, who doesn't love fire? I love the moment that, that Leonardo Captain Kirk's the entire crew of men with guns at them 
into not firing a single shot. Yeah. What does he do? He's not going to do it. It's You'd have to be yeah. a real man to fire a gun, right? But yeah, that, that plan, it happens in movies all the time, but it's yeah. like, wait, 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 I've got an idea. I'm going to piss him off. Yeah. Like, why yeah. does that always pay off, though? Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. So they, they build this relationship of Raphael and Yoshi. And I actually think it's kind of sweet in a way. And it kind of helps. It connects to Raphael's storyline, I think, of him always being the brash one. But the beginning of that relationship is him talking to the kid. And he's like, hey, uh, what'd you say your name was? He's like, I'm Yoshi. I'm the kid that nearly died earlier that you, you were there for. You, rem everybody you remember me? Screaming my name because yeah. I was trapped in a burning building and dying on the fucking pavement here it yeah. was five minutes ago you yeah. really don't remember my name <laughs> it was the name of your master's master <laughs> and you don't remember hey kid what's your name i can't remember where are you from i can't remember can't you remember anything i remember the alamo yeah! <laughs> And then they're talking about, it. he's like, well, what happens, you know, if we use this, the scepter and, it, you know, we get a cosmic U-turn and end up back in Godzilla land? You mean Japan? You're in Japan already, so it wouldn't be worse. You would just be right back where you were. You know what? That was just another really cheap pop cultural reference that didn't land. You got to let the people and the kids know that the turtles watch TV so they know about media. Listen, I'm not necessarily against the idea that they're talking about things, you know, pop cultural things. That's yeah. kind of cool, but make them somewhat relevant. Right, make them better. Yeah. Do it better. Or funny. I do like, though, there's the one where he's like, oh, hey, it's Wayne Newton. He does kind of look like Wayne he Newton. He does. I'm surprised they didn't then define who Wayne Newton is. It should have been like, hey, it looks like Wayne Newton. You know, you know. <laughs> the famous singer from the 60s and 70s. The famous songwriter who now plays in Vegas all the time. Here's his headshot. These jokes about me will stop, and they'll stop now. Or I will kick your ass. Uh, during that fight, again, the inane fucking overdubbing of just quip and quip but he quip but he quip. He has a line at one point. He's like... Bases loaded, uh, home run. Uh, like, they call that a grand slam. And wouldn't that have bitch. been better if you grand slammed the guy? Yeah. Like, it, it takes two seconds more of thought. And which turtle actually turns to the camera and screams out, I love this stuff during the fight? Michelangelo, yeah. of course. Oh, seriously, man. Isn't it cool to be a turtle? I love this stuff, fighting for my life, people dying <laughs> all around me. My loved ones in danger constantly. You know what, Mikey? You got to take shit seriously from yeah. now on, yeah. okay? Yeah, your cavalier treatment of every single situation is off-putting, to say the least. Yeah, we saved Yoshi, but a lot of the kids died. Yeah. Okay, Cowbunga, dude! I'm gonna eat pizza! This little what? boy has eaten three grains of rice this week. The fact that you're even mentioning pizza is an insult. That's more food than these people eat in a week. They're starving. You're insulting them, and you're embarrassing me. We have another uh, great entry into the weird-looking fall category of trilogies. Oh, uh, yes! Of course, always the RoboCop uh, fall yeah. uh, with Number the crazy one. giant arms. Yeah. And this one's great because it's the long shot of him getting smaller, smaller, smaller into the ocean and just bleep. They're like, well, it's, it's small enough now where people can't see it. Like, <laughs> I, I can see it. It looks terrible. <laughs> That's an effect that we could just make in one second and you'd know it was made on someone's phone. Yeah. Like that kind of effect. This movie was made on someone's phone. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think yes. so. Except it was the phone that was out at the time. A rotary was, phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
there are a few easy rules to be followed when dialing because careless dialing mistakes will waste a lot of your time and cause someone else to be inconvenienced and probably irritated. Uh, so you have the song um, Tarzan Boy in this movie. Okay. You know, the oh, 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 oh you This know. song here, Scott? That's the one. Yeah. This was my introduction to this song, was this movie as a child. Oh, really? But then soon after this, it's also used in Beverly Hills Ninja. And I think it's just interesting that the song has nothing to do with being a ninja in any way, shape, or form, and yet it was used in two movies about a ninja. Yeah. An unconventional ninja, for sure, but... And as someone a bit older than you, I can say that when it initially became popular in the 80s, it was never connected with ninjas or no. ninjutsu. I think it's worth saying that Casey Jones' hair in this movie looks better. It's very silky. You can tell he's been using product. I think he did like a hot oil treatment, perhaps. You mean the long-haired Casey Jones, not the feudal short-haired Yes, Casey. yes, yes. The actual mm. Casey Jones. Like you just stepped out of a salon. Now from Salon Selected Styling Collection, new perfect curls. A huge thread is left completely unresolved at the end of this film. Throughout the movie, they're looking at an old parchment that seems to indicate that before this feudal time happened, in the even more ancient times, turtles, fighting ninja turtles, were involved in their past history. Right. It is never resolved at the end of the movie what that is. I thought they were going to wind up going back in time even further, thus justifying that scroll of past right. turtle fighters. This it movie, doesn't make any sense. It would be one thing if, if they did go back further and then they themselves were the That's what I'm saying. inspiration for it being put down right. in the first that place. That is what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. But it's completely unexplained. <laughs> you could have connected that too to, you know, Donatello talks about in the second one, like, that's our story. I thought, isn't there more to this? Exactly. And that would have been a time to be like, yes, there is more to this. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Anyway, that's what I got on the tremendously awful third film. That's all I got too. I, I didn't have anything to begin with, and uh, Phil, I'm leaving know. this with nothing. <laughs> we, we know we know how little you have, Phil. I gave Trust me. nothing. I got nothing. Phil, because you were the guest, you always get to go first. Why don't you first tell us whether this was successful, and then give us your order. My answer <laughs> is no. All right. <laughs> this was not a successful trilogy. Okay. The movie, much like the Rambo series or the RoboCop trilogy or anything that was co-opted by toys and games and books and shit, Good. became too kid-friendly and they couldn't make any decisions in the end. Probably too many cooks. Right. It begins pretty cool, like off-center, but then it just peters out. So, so, what's, so what's your order then? One, two, three. One, two, three. Just, just gradual drop-off. Gradual drop-off. Okay, that makes sense to me. Scott? I will also say it is not a successful trilogy, especially the rewatch here. But I, you know, my impression as a child was that I enjoyed the first two and hated the third one. Right. Um, this time around, I really thought the first one was kind of weak. I find this happens every time we do like a '90s trilogy. Yeah. Mighty Ducks, or uh, you know, a Free Willy, or Free Willy, or Back to the Future. Sure. How I like the second one. Yep. yep. I, most of the parts I remember from the Turtles movies were usually in the second one. Okay. Or even Major League, I had the same thing. Where Major sure. League Two, I remembered much more of than the first one. But I think the I actually think the second one is the most well made. It's the most cohesive. Um, I think the characters are the right tone. Mm -hmm. They're all saying the right things. 
I think the, the comedy is a little like cheesy, but it's consistent comedy and the gags aren't horrendous like the other ones. Okay. I think. So I'm going to say the order for me is a two, one, three. You love that nostalgia that always figures into it for you. Yes. And yeah. again, more characters in yeah. the second one. Um, for me, being disconnected from you guys, older and so seeing it well into my teens as an adult, I'm going to say it's unsuccessful. I didn't really like the second or third movie because the second and third to me were so weak. The first one almost seems like that it was a fluke, that it actually was good in any way, that this property was not meant to be translated into film successfully, and that only out of the fact that they were um, ballsy enough to give it those dark moments in the first one that it, it was kind of interesting yeah. and sort of worked. But my order is going to be a different order. We all have a different order this time around. Ah. And it was close, because I really didn't like two or three at all. But I'm going to actually go one, three, two. Oh, nice. because okay. I, because for me, the second film was just an attempt to capture the magic of the first film. And it just felt so commercialized and with Vanilla Ice, just so artificial and so manufactured. Guys, as always, we really appreciate you listening to the Drill Digi podcast as we attempt to become the most popular and most powerful movie podcast on earth and we're getting there guys with your support my name is vin and i put up a thing every single day on instagram just that coincides with what we've talked about in our most recent episode and i'm scott and i run the twitter uh check us out for a bunch of fun polls about our current episode and i am phil i'm the field correspondent yes phil joined us today and the results were mixed okay <laughs> guys thanks so much for listening i think it's time that the three of us go and uh Eat some pizza, guys? I don't know. I thought maybe we'd be crime-fighting vigilantes, but pizza sounds good. Attack people with nunchucks? Hey, let's start with Phil. What? Hey, no! Get up! Lyrics. Fill in the gap. Drop that bass and get the ninja rap. Just feel it. If you know what I mean, give it up. For the heroes in green, just flowing Smooth with the power, kicking it up hour after hour Cause in this life, there's only one winner You better aim straight you can hit the center In it to win it with a team of four Ninja Turtles that you gotta adore